Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Beer and Money. I am Ryan Burkwell. And I'm Alex Collins. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about backdoor Roth IRAs. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun concept. Many people have heard of it, but don't actually fully understand what it means or, or why it's done. Yeah, so we're going to speak into a little bit about Roth IRAs in general in terms of contribution limits and income limits in terms of how much, uh, if you make a certain amount of dollars, uh, you may not be able to contribute directly into a Roth. And then we'll bring up where Backdoor Roth came from, which I think will be a good summary of how this all comes into place, as well as thinking bigger picture in terms of your money and how it will be taxed today and into the future. But before we dive into that, Alex, why don't we talk about what we're drinking today? Yeah, so we're drinking, uh, it's a born and raised IPA from No Lie. Uh, no Lie is a, a brewery over in Spokane. Uh, I'm a big fan of the brewery. Um, this is uh, it, it, this is one of their staple beers, um, but it's an IPA that's not going to hit you in the face. It is not your typical Northwest, like how much hops can we load into this thing IPA? Yeah, when, when you think of IPAs, especially from the Pacific Northwest, you know, Oregon or, or Washington here, it's normally a punch, right? It's a punch in the face of here's some hops for you. Oh, by the way, there's some liquid. Um, <laughs> so uh, alcohol content is at 7% uh, and IBU is at 45. So it's actually, and maybe I'm just extremely um, used to the Pacific Northwest IPA. Like this was very, very low key, like, it's an approachable IPA. Yeah. For those, so the, for those of you who don't normally like IPAs may actually enjoy this because the hop punch in the face doesn't exist. If you well, really, it, it, go ahead. It does it without being overly citrusy and it's still well balanced. Um, and, and, and at the same time, it's not going to punch you in the face with some flowers. If you like the hoppiness, if you like, if you're used to Pacific Northwest and that's what you like, I'm not sure this will be your uh, cup of tea, your cup of tea um, or cup of beer, <laughs> as we say it. So, so that's what we're drinking. So now let's talk about let's talk about the backdoor Roth, Alex. So you know, let's let's just begin with Roth contributions, right? So to contribute to a Roth, right? A, you can only contribute six thousand dollars into a Roth IRA. Or if you're older, the age of 50 or 50 or older, you can um, contribute an additional $1,000, which makes it $7,000 a year. Right. Then there's the, some limits. Yeah, there's limits. Then the income comes into play, right, Alex? Yes. So if you're single, uh, then you can't make more than $140,000 of modified adjusted gross income. Uh, because everything in our tax code can't just be straightforward. It can't be your AGI. It has to be your modified AGI. And then if you're married and you file jointly, then it's 208000 Correct. And there's, of course, a phase-out limit where you can make some contributions, but not full contributions. Um, and the, those, you know, you're typically looking at about a, a ten dollars to $20,000 range where uh, the contributions will start to phase out. So because of the, the income limits in specifically here, because if you make a certain amount over a certain amount of dollars, you can't contribute directly to a Roth IRA. 
that's where the backdoor Roth IRA really came from. Like that's why this exists, right, Alex? Correct. And so when we say backdoor Roth, what we're talking about is making contributions to uh, a an IRA and then converting those. And so, so real quick, let's because we're saying using the word IRA, let's make sure we're not confusing here. Make the contribution to a traditional IRA. Correct. And there's there's kind of two different ways to do it. Um, you, you certainly can go ahead and make a contribution to a traditional IRA and take the deduction. However, if you turn around and convert it right away, you're showing it as income. And so effectively you are taking the deduction and then uh, showing it as taxable income. And those two things are going to offset it. Um, there's also some other issues where uh, there's limitations on whether or not you can take a, a deduction on a traditional IRA. So most of the time, what people wind up doing is making a contribution to a non-deductible traditional IRA, meaning that if you put $6,000 into it, you have a basis of $6,000 or a tax basis of $6,000 so that when you go to convert it, if you convert $6,000 so if you're if you put in six thousand dollars and you convert your uh, entire account balance of six thousand dollars, then there's not going to be any taxable events. If it's more than that, so if it's six thousand dollars, six thousand and one dollars that you convert, six thousand dollars is non-taxable. The extra one dollar is going to be shown as ordinary income. Yeah, if your plan is to put the money into the the traditional IRA and convert it right away, just put it straight into cash, right? And into the traditional side and convert it, you know, the very next day into that Roth account. So you have two different accounts, right? So that's what we mean by conversion. So we're talking about money into a traditional IRA, which is one account. And then we literally move the money from that account to a Roth account. So in second account, which is now the Roth IRA, that's what we mean by conversion, the movement from the traditional side to the Roth side or the Roth account. And most of the time, like if done properly, um, it, it's it's there is the potential for it to cause a taxable event. But again, if done properly, where you make a six thousand dollar non deductible contribution and then convert it immediately, where you're converting the full account value and it's six thousand dollars, it winds up being a non taxable event. So that's what a backdoor Roth is. Now, for those of you just, uh, we probably should have started here, Alex, Roth IRA, right? That's <laughs> after tax money that grows tax deferred. And if you pull it out past the age of 59 and a half, it becomes tax-free money. And there have to be a couple, like, there's a couple other caveats and ways in which you can pull money and things of that nature, but yes. So that, that's the simplest explanation of that. So that's what, it's the after tax, it's, it's tax-free money in retirement, but that's the purpose of this style of an account. So that brings it, up the it, question around taxation, right? Like how much of your money is being tax deferred in that traditional sense where every dollar you pull out, you're gonna have to pay ordinary income taxes on versus how many dollars could be taxable versus how many dollars may be tax-free. Yeah, exactly. Think about it as the the inverse to the traditional 401k or traditional IRA. Instead of getting the deduction on the front end, you're getting the deduction on the back end. And so when we when we're working with high income earners, in this case, you know, call it above 208 of joint 
household income. Backdoor Roth is often brought up by either us or the, or the client because they've heard the terminology. They may not know what it, what it means necessarily, but they, they understand it's a, it's a tax, maybe more tax efficiency for them that they can't get access to, but the backdoor Roth may allow that. But more importantly, this is all around taxes, right? Like how our money is going to get taxed? So the question you have to ask yourself is this. Well, I guess there's two questions. How much, right? Where do we think taxes are going in the future? Right. And from a, from a taxation today, how much do we want to pay in taxes today, knowing what tax brackets are right now? Yeah. Essentially it, it, it's what we're after is, are we going to pay more in taxes today? Or are we going to pay more in taxes in the future? And there's really kind of three different components to that. Uh, one is what's your income level. Um, and it, it has to do with like so many people have this myth that when they get to retirement, they're not going to have any income because they're not going to be working. And in reality, whether we're pulling dollars out of a retirement plan, like traditional qualified retirement plans, whether we receive a pension, whether we have passive earned income, like whatever the case may be, we're still likely going to have a tremendous amount of taxable income, uh, including Social Security is up to 85% taxable. Um, and so this, this is sadly oftentimes news to people that they're still going to have taxable income in retirement. So that's one component. The second component is, is what are tax rates going to do in the future? Are tax rates going to change? Um, yes, no, maybe. Uh, and are they going to stay the same? Or are they going to go up? Or are they going to go down? And, the and third it doesn't thing, have to be third- tax rates though, Alex. It, they could like literally what Donald Trump did was changed the tax. I guess he did change the tax rates because he also changed the tax brackets. Meaning, yep. right, the amount of income that you make, you could make one year if you made, let's just say, two hundred eight thousand dollars. Maybe, and I'm making up tax brackets, by the way. If you make it two hundred eight thousand dollars, your tax bracket is twenty two percent. The very next year, they could just change the tax bracket where if you make two hundred eight thousand dollars, your tax bracket now is twenty four percent. Yeah. So you can change the tax bracket, the, the rate at which taxes get, get hit. You can also t- change the, the limits. So one of the insidious ways to, to raise taxes is to not index the, 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 the brackets for inflation. So for example, if at $100,000, you hit the next tax rate. So you go from say 22 to 24% taxation rate if that $100,000 limit is never changed, over time, people are going to make more and more and more money as their incomes ratchet up with cost of living adjustments or making more money or promotions or things of that nature. Um, And so it's a very passive way of increasing somebody's taxation simply by not increasing the, 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 the bracket or the where that change occurs. So as you can tell, there's a lot of, we'll call them levers you, that the IRS can pull to affect how your money will be taxed, which is why the Roth IRA has become so popular and why the backdoor Roth IRA um, is often at least spoken about. 
Now, the question you have to ask yourself is, so Alex has said the words Roth conversion several times. <laughs> so when you look at where your money's sitting, so it's, it's, you know, if you're driving, whatever you're doing right now, think about where, well, if you're driving, like, be careful, <laughs> but think about where your dollars are sitting right now. What style of an account are they sitting in and how much of your dollars are sitting in that style of an account? So I'll give you an example. Imagine you've got, you know, $10,000, $20,000 sitting in your savings account. What's a taxable account? There's, in terms of rate of return or interest rate on that, it's, it's, you know, we always make the joke of zero point nothing. It's probably something, but not enough to worry about um, from a taxation standpoint. Then what we see oftentimes, you might have another ten dollars or $20,000 maybe in a standard investment account. That's not in a retirement account, if you will. That is taxable depending on, the, on if you're selling and you know, depending on you know, what type of stock you own or mutual funds. Then the bulk of people's money that we see are sitting in your traditional 401k. So maybe you've got $350,000, $500,000 in a traditional 401k. That amount of money is still not, it has still not been taxed. Meaning when you go to pull that money out in retirement, that will fully be taxable at ordinary income rates. So when we talk about diversification, which I'm sure a lot of our listeners have heard that word, especially from our industry, every second, <laughs> it's a, right? It's a popular word. Now think about it from a standpoint of how diversification from a standpoint of how much of your money is taxed in which way? Yeah. I mean, most of the time our industry talks about it, they talk about it in diversification around asset class. So what's the mix of assets that you have and making sure that you're not all just in stocks or all in bonds or all in real estate or large companies or medium companies or small companies, but having a mix of a bunch of different types of asset classes. What Ryan just talked about is diversifying your taxation of your funds in retirement. Hence why some people will say, okay, I've got this traditional IRA sitting here. Should I look at converting some or all of that money to Roth? Meaning let's pay the taxes on that, the dollars right now so that I can get tax-free money in retirement. And this is especially important when we talk about backdoor Roths, because if you try to create a non-deductible traditional IRA and you already have a deductible IRA, the IRS is going to assume or, can, uh, or they're going to tax it as though those are the same account. So for example, if you've got $94,000 in a traditional IRA and $6,000 that you've contributed to a non-deductible IRA and you try and convert all $6,000, to Roth, the IRS is going to say 94% of it came from the traditional IRA and therefore it's a taxable event. And 6% came from the $6,000 non-deductible IRA. And that's not terrible in and of itself, but now you've got an absolute mess because now you're going to have to track what the basis is of that remaining 94% inside of your non-deductible traditional IRA 
And so if you have a traditional IRA already, one of the better ways of accomplishing a backdoor Roth is to convert that traditional IRA either all at once or over time, depending upon your circumstances, into a Roth prior to trying to do this backdoor Roth concept. And the point of doing all of this is, you know, that person is typically thinking that taxes, that they're going to be, taxes may be going up in the future. They're concerned about the amount of taxes that they will pay, which is why they're doing that Roth conversion. Or maybe they have too much money sitting in the traditional side and they're wanting to diversify a little bit, right? So these are, these are, things you should be thinking about in terms of where you're putting your money, right? Alex and I have spoken, I don't even know how many times at this point around the blueprint of your financial plan. I know that that word is, it's a crappy word because of how people really uh, have the perception of that, but more of what is your, like, what's your plan of putting your money today? And what's your plan to pulling that money out in the future? What's that blueprint look like, right? Taxation is a is a key ingredient there that most people just skip over. Yeah. Or don't fully understand. Which takes us to the question of the day, Alex. And the question of the day is how diversified are you from a taxation standpoint? So head over to beerandmoney.net. And at the bottom of that page, there's a spot for you to answer that question of the day. Uh, If you have any other topics or frankly questions for us, feel free to reach out to us in, in that way as well. We hope this episode is valuable. And as always, Mr. Collins. Cheers. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Quantified Financial Partners, and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. Ryan and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, OSJ 333 North Indian Hill Boulevard, Claremont, California, 91711, telephone 909-399-1100. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Ryan Burklow AR Insurance License number 1531912. CA Insurance License number 0K24924. Alexander Collins AR Insurance License number 7264699. CA Insurance License number 0H24806. Number 2021-120-531, expiration April 2023.